All right, how are you guys doing in Cabot today? Pretty good. Okay, first of all, I want to say thank you for being in church on a sun Sunday in the middle of summer. That's good. And uh, glad to see you guys here. We're, uh, we're going to get into the Word here in a moment. But uh, my name is James, and I do pastor in Heber Springs, the, the campus there. And uh, just like uh, Bernie told you. And uh, we, uh, listen, I hope you know this, though. I want to I tell you, James Bennett and Cody Bennett, these guys, you have some of the best leaders around, and, and, and not only best leaders, but these guys are phenomenal pastors, and we learn from them all the time, and it's evident how, 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 how much they love God and love people when you walk around this place, and you look at the people serving, so can y'all give it up for your pastors? I mean, I just love them so much. I know you do too. We just honor them, but uh, I've got a picture of my family I want to show you. This is, they couldn't be here today. But uh, we have four boys. Y'all pray for my wife. Uh, her name is Kamani. I guess I didn't need to point out which one was her. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so my oldest son there is in the green shirt. That's Philip. Hayden is on your far left. And then Nathan's on your far right. He's the one that makes us have to spend a lot of money on groceries. And uh, he's a senior. Well, he's going to be a senior in high school. And uh, then Jonathan right there in the front is our caboose. That's what Kamani calls him. He, he was, uh, you know, unplanned, and uh, we were like, we're shutting it down now, okay? We've got enough boys around him. So uh, this, is, uh, this is our family, and again, they couldn't be here. Some of them actually had uh, roles this morning to play in service, and so uh, they wish they could be here. But uh, we, have, we planted the Heber Springs campus. It's, gosh, going on 15 years ago now, and, and uh, we got out of our little building, like, just like you did, and got into a new building four years ago, and uh, she's been amazing. But some of the things we're working on, listen, New Life Church, you know how it is. We're a church that never stops moving forward in the kingdom, right? And so we're working on some things just like you are. Uh, we're working right now trying to figure out how to have a school of ministry this fall at our campus in Heber Springs. And we're also working hard on planting a Batesville campus right now. And that is, if you're familiar with the area, it's about a 40-minute drive north of, of Heber Springs. So uh, be praying for us. We'll be praying for you guys as well, and uh, we're just, we're just going to go for it, okay? Listen, we are in a series called Parables. Uh, hopefully you're in that too, otherwise I'll get the wrong sermon. But uh, we're, we're looking at uh, the words of Jesus, but specifically we're looking at his parables. And uh, let me just stop and say this. That is a value. Uh, there's a value in our church, and you guys know this, but the Word of God, we love the Word of God. Okay, we devour the Word of God. We study it. We want it in our lives, but not just for knowledge's sake. We want the Word of God to change our lives. Amen? And so that's what we're here for. We're, we're going to look at the words of Jesus. And, and parables, uh, if you want a definition, parables were, were just little stories that told big spiritual ideas. And this is how Jesus used them. Uh, and, and we know this. Jesus was an absolute, he was just absolutely incredible at telling stories. Um, but speaking of stories, I've got to tell you what happened to one of our leaders a few weeks ago. And uh, it was, I'm not making this up. I did get permission to share it anonymously. But uh, one of our leaders, she's a young mom. And she has a, uh, she has a two-year-old, a little girl. And, and, and her little girl likes to play with her phone. Can anybody relate to that phenomenon? Okay. And so one time, okay, the... This leader, this mom, was getting into the shower, and a uh, little girl has her phone. Well, 
the little girl videoed mama getting into the shower. Yeah, all the ladies are cringing and the guys are laughing already. Okay, so, so it gets a lot better than this, though. How many of y'all are familiar with the Marco Polo app? Anybody in here? You know where I'm going. It's a video chat, like a group video chat, in case you're not familiar. And so uh, a little girl <laughs> sent that video to their leadership group. <laughs> That's just life up in Hebrew, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Life on the lake, baby. Woo! Okay, uh, but uh, Queer's Ferry. Hey, um, listen, so, yeah, it's pretty bad. But, uh, by the way, I asked her husband for permission to share this, and he said, absolutely, people need to hear about this. He was very concerned that everyone knows. And uh, so, anyway, I think what happened, I think one of the ladies in the leadership group caught it ahead of time and texted everybody and said, do not open that video, and they were able to delete it. We, we, we think that's what happened. Um, but anyway, unlike Jesus, there is no big spiritual idea attached to this story, okay? It's just that I wanted to tell it. Um, and <laughs> your Pastor James could probably say something spiritual about it. This one cannot. Okay, so uh, we, we're looking at two parables today. Actually, you get two for one. This is nice. Uh, and it, they're both in, in Matthew chapter 13. And they're back-to-back, and they're basically the same parable with different, different stars in them. Uh, and so both of them are about a person who is searching for something. One finds treasure, the other finds a pearl. You're probably familiar with these stories. And, uh, and Jesus said this, that is what the kingdom of heaven is like. All right, so we're going to delve into that and see what he means by that. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to set that up later. But just for right now, I want to I start this talk with a question. All right, so y'all follow me on this, okay? Think about your life. Have you noticed how in your life, it's a lot like what Ethan talked about earlier in the service, how some of the things that we chase after in life end up being really unsatisfying, right? Like some of the things we think are going to be so great, and we spend a lot of energy and other resources on them, and we chase these things down in life, and they just end up being disappointing, like, you know, expectations, right, are somewhere way up here, but the reality when we attain these things are like somewhere here, or maybe even really low in some cases, right? Are you with me so far? Well, thank God for the internet, right? Because I was able to find some photos that perfectly represent this. And so let's just say, for instance, you buy a motorcycle. You're so excited. Why? Because you think you're going to look cool, right? Check it out. So we think we're going to look like the Terminator, but we end up looking like dumb and dumber, okay? This, some of you are like, man, I don't look that stupid on my bike. Okay, whatever, then you'll get over it. Uh, listen, ladies, 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 sometimes you, you, know, you do your nails up kind of in a special way. Independence Day is coming up, so you decide, oh, I'm going to get my nails done for Independence Day. Look, look at it. It doesn't turn out quite, quite, <laughs> quite like you lost the war for Independence. what you did. That, that is not really the way it was. It was supposed to come out. Okay, um, other one. Uh, superheroes, right? They're all the rage nowadays. You know, all the Marvel movies and whatnot. So you got this costume party. You're like, I'm going to find me a killer costume. You find this Spider-Man outfit, this costume online on Amazon. You order it. Shows up in the mail. Check it out. What? <laughs> Do I need to say anything about this? I mean, you're not going to the party like that, hopefully. All right? disappointing. Okay, that's, that's the word. One more. Y'all ready for one more? Is it okay? All right, I'm enjoying them. So uh, you, uh, you decide you want to bake a cake for your child's birthday party. 
and you're like, you know what? I'm going to bake one of those cakes that looks like a character. I'm going to bake one that looks like Thomas the Train. I looked on the internet. It was easy, they said. So you try it out. <laughs> Your Thomas looks like he's ready for rehab. You know, he's going to enter in this week, and he's going to be okay. <laughs> Once his face stops melting, he'll be all right. Um, but look, just like in those photos, right, sometimes in our lives we do the same thing. We, we, we think something's going to make us happy. We get these high expectations. We go for it. We get disappointed. You know, it could be anything, like just like dating that new person, you know, that new, new guy or girl, and it's just, it's just, it doesn't make you happy. Or, or you get a promotion at work. You've been working hard for it. You think it's all that. It doesn't really satisfy you that much. Or a new job altogether, same thing. Or maybe you, you get a new car, guess what? It's an old car in six months, right? I used to obsess back in the 90s over this car. Maybe they don't even make them anymore. The Isuzu Rodeo. Oh, a, a rodeo owner. Thank you. Yes. Uh, because I never got one, all right? Yeah. No bitterness, all right? But, but uh, I never got one, but I used to obsess over the brochure. That was back when they used to use paper to print stuff so you could obsess over it. And uh, anyway, Never got one, but, uh, you know, some people want to trade in their cars for new, new cars. Others want to trade in their spouses, uh-oh, uh, for new spouses. They want to get a new look or, or whatever, change churches. It goes on and on, right? You get the idea. So what do we end up doing? We jump from one pursuit to the next, from one project to the next, from one relationship to the next, and, and, and still we find nothing that really satisfies, Right? And guys, if you think Christ followers are immune from this effect, you're wrong. We are not immune from this. Am I right? I mean, we, this is the drift that we talk about sometimes. And listen, Jesus is going to show us in these parables, what he's showing us is that the kingdom of heaven is absolutely nothing like that at all. Nothing like that. And, uh, and, and in fact, it's the opposite. And so, so I want you to see what God said in the Old Testament, though, to, to set Jesus up. Look at this in Isaiah 55. It's so good. Isaiah 55, verse 2. God says this to us. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Man, let that soak in. He's saying it's so not worth it the way we chase after some things and spend ourselves on it. But look, he keeps going. He says, listen. In fact, he says it twice. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. He's talking about a relationship with him, the living God. He says, you chase after that. And Jesus, he's trying to get us to understand the same things all throughout his life. And in fact, in Matthew 13, you can turn there now. We're going to see that. He's trying to get us to understand the value of the kingdom of heaven in our lives. And look, look at verse 44 through 46. I think it's in your notes on the screens. Jesus tells us this. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Everybody say treasure. treasure. Now say it like he got some. Treasure. Okay, yeah. He's in that, that's the kingdom of heaven. It, it, it's like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field so he can have the treasure, right? Okay, another parable right after that. Same kind of parable. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Hey, can I pray for us right now? Father, I pray that you would open up our hearts, our minds, 
We don't want to be dull. We don't want to be blind. We don't want to be deaf to your words, oh God. I pray that you would let them sink down into our spirits and change what you want to change about us today, oh God. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay, before we get into some points, I want, to, I want to just throw out a couple of observations about these parables. First of all, the kingdom of heaven. Jesus used this terminology, also the kingdom of God. He calls it that sometimes. But the kingdom of heaven, especially in the book of Matthew, he uses it so much. So what is it? What, it, what is that defined as? Well, we could spend like uh, really uh, hours discussing just that phrase. But basically the meaning is the kingdom of heaven is God's reign. Okay? Or you could look at it like his fulfill, the fulfillment of his will on the earth. Either way. Uh, it's God's action, his lordship, uh, his, his sovereign governance, all of that. That's the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's what we believe as Christ followers. We believe that Jesus ushered in the kingdom of heaven through his death and resurrection. And now we, come on, we, all of us, right? Christ, if you're a Christ follower, we, we now have the benefit of taking part in all of God's promises and blessings that are attached to this kingdom. Amen? We see it through the life of the church, God's people. That's where we see it. Okay, so uh, ultimately, though, we're going to see the kingdom of heaven ultimately fulfilled when Jesus returns. And then finally, when we have a new heaven and a new earth, God is going to physically and literally rule forever and ever and ever. Amen. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the kingdom of heaven. So you can, you can look at it in two senses. In one sense, it's Jesus' reign in my own life. That's the kingdom of heaven, Yes. But also, it's in another sense, it's God's lordship over everything. Okay, and that's another sense of the kingdom of heaven. All right, so a couple other observations uh, about these parables and about the kingdom of heaven is that it's not easy to find. It's not easy to find. Jesus said that. I mean, he used this idea of a hidden treasure, right? He said it's hidden. And that's interesting to me, that, it, that it's not, not, not real easy to find. Now, I'll say this. Um, I'm not a good finder. <laughs> I have a hard time finding things that are lost. Maybe some of you other guys can relate to this. And that's why when it comes to things like my car keys that, that, I, that I also think I should know where they're at all the time, I have a system. It's a system. And uh, I put my car keys the same place every time in a basket beside the refrigerator. Why? So that I don't have to waste time looking for my keys. I know where they're at. They're going to be in the basket. Come on, husbands, are y'all out there? All right, and I saw in the first service some, some guy was looking over at his wife, and she was so angry. Anyway, uh, I get a little preachy about this with my family. They just love it when I go into this point. But uh, here's the thing. One time I couldn't find my keys, and I got a little, little uh, snappy at my wife. I told Kamani, I'm like, you did something with these keys. You, you use them because, because they're always in the same place when I use them. You must have lost them somewhere. Where, and so, so she, she's being nice because she's nice. She volunteered to help me look for them. So she's outside. I'm inside. And I get a, I get a, a, a photo on my phone. <laughs> she sent me a text. And it's a photo of my keys in the ignition of my car. <laughs> How many of y'all know that was a fun day right there? <laughs> I was like, hey, you want to go to the lake now? <laughs> okay, so... No, that wasn't fun. But Jesus described the kingdom of heaven as hidden treasure. I just find that fascinating. But it lines up with how he described salvation. He really did. Remember, he said many will, find, many will go to destruction, but what? Look at this. Matthew seven fourteen. But the gateway to life 
is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Man, so look, we know this. Being a Christ follower, it's not, it's not, it's not a trending topic. It's not something that somebody is just hopping, people aren't just hopping in all the time. Okay, uh, one more observation though about these parables and about the kingdom. It involves pursuit. Right? In both these parables, both these stories from Jesus, we see the idea of somebody looking for something. Now, sometimes in life, we know this to be true, people are looking for a relationship with God, but they just don't know what they're looking for. Some of you in here, that may have been your story. Maybe you're in that right now. You don't realize what you're looking for. Some translations of that first parable actually say it like this, that the guy happened to find the treasure. And we know that, that people spend a ton of time searching for love and acceptance everywhere but in God, right? It's like the great theologian Johnny Lee saying, right? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Thanks, man. It's pretty good. Y'all have auditions here for your worship team? By the way, your worship team's amazing. I just want a little side, throw that in there. Side. Yeah, you can give them a hand. And uh, Ethan was supposed to come up and we were going to do a little duet, but I guess, you know, it's too much time, too much time. And y'all laughed as, at, at that as much as the first service did, too. Appreciate it. Listen, uh, others, though, uh, yeah, others do realize they're after God, and that's that second parable where the guy is looking for the pearl actively. And, and he, either way, though, guys, whether you know what you're looking for or not, it's a search. There's a pursuit involved. Amen? So, so I thought about that when I was preparing. What do we as human beings typically chase after in our lives? There's some characteristics. Ready? And this is just going to be quick, but write this down. We, we typically chase after something we consider valuable. Right? We don't, we don't spend a lot of time trying to achieve things we don't really think are valuable, whether it's stuff or relationships or whatever. We, we, uh, we value the things that we chase after. Uh, another characteristic. Uh, we chase after things that we think, think, will make us happy. Absolutely. That's human nature. Right? We, 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 we want to be happy. Most of us. Some of us would rather be angry or sad. But most of us, we like being happy. Uh, and then finally, we chase after something or someone that we love. That's who we pursue. Something or someone we love. It's like Kamani, my wife. I pursued that woman. I fell in love with her when she was 15 years old. I was 18, by the way. Okay, just for the record, she was almost 16, okay? And we are from South Louisiana. That's kind of how we roll. Uh, but I... I'm telling you, when I was dating her, I was dangerously close to being a stalker. Uh, and, uh, but I was never a creeper, though. Don't get that out of your head. You know there's a difference, right? Stalkers and creepers. Here's the difference. Creepers have mustaches. Okay, so, um, and, and I didn't have a mustache back then. I didn't have one. So I, uh, I pursued her. Why? Because I was in love with her. That's why. I pursued her. And, you know, humanity is in a pursuit right now. The people sitting in this room, the people outside this room. They're in, a, they're in a pursuit after God. They don't realize it. Look, God did that. God put in each one of us a need to know him, to know our creator. And so that, that, like, that longing to know God, that, that impulse to pursue him, it originates with God. But then there's a man interaction. And David, David described that part of it as following hard after God. Look at Psalm 63, 8. He says this, perfect description. My soul follows hard after you. He's speaking to God there. So 
So when I look at uh, really going back to these two parables and really others that Jesus taught, and I look at the way that Jesus describes the value and the worth of the kingdom of heaven, you know, as a modern day Christ follower, I kind of have to ask myself some tough questions. I really do. And there are questions like this. Do I live my life chasing after God? Man, it's getting quiet in this 60% Baptist church up in here, you know. Uh, Am I like the people in these parables? Like, in other words, the pursuit of God in my life, it dominates my life so much that I'm almost like his stalker. Like, like, like I'm totally bought in. Like, there's nothing else that even compares to him. Uh, where am I at in my pursuit of this kingdom and in my pursuit of this relationship? And look, I know, look, I don't want to get too deep up in here on a summer Sunday, <laughs> but these are some thought-provoking questions for Christ followers. And, 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 and I think that's the point. That's why Jesus is telling these stories. And, and here's what I, I want to do for the rest of our time together. Like you might be here and think, well, what now? You know, okay, so what? What now? I mean, you would say, well, I love God. I, I'm saved. But man, there's somehow I'm missing something. Like the pursuit of, of God's kingdom and, and just the joy that's supposed to be attached to it and bring it to my life. I'm just missing it or something else is creeping in. Okay, let me tell you something. Your pastors at New Life Church, look, we love you guys. We love you. And I, I'm giving you a warning just like Jesus does. Is that okay? Because the next three things I'm going to talk about, these are ways that you can get back on track. If you find yourself drifting, and the summer is a time when people typically drift, if you find yourself like your your pursuit of God is not where where you know it should be, man, remember these three things, things, they're going to help you a lot, okay? Are you ready? Write this one down. First of all, never stop the pursuit. Right? Never stop. Never stop the pursuit of the kingdom of heaven. This next thing I'm going to say right now, it's good. it'll make it worth it that you got out of bed and came to, came to church. Just this one thing. If you don't get anything else, listen. Ready? And it's this. The pursuit of God, it cannot and should not stop when you find him. Let me say that again. The pursuit of God, it can't and it shouldn't stop when you find God. It can't. And, and that's kind of a, a pet peeve of mine in the, about the Bible Belt. Uh, I have a lot of pet peeves about the Bible Belt. I have one of my best friends here, Lane Keeter. He's one of our lay pastors. He can tell you all about those. Uh, but uh, what is it? It's this. It's, it's just this idea of a sinner's prayer and done. You know, like that's the end of the story. Uh, look, the moment of salvation is not the end of the pursuit. It is not the end of the pursuit. Look at Psalms 105, verse 4. This is the amplified version. It says, Seek and deeply long for the Lord and his strength, his power, his might. Seek and deeply long for his face and his presence continually. Could you say that word continually? Man, it's good. It's kind of like how we say at our church, we say this around here. Never stop dating your spouse. Right? Maybe you've heard that. Uh, like my wife, I mean, I'm still stalking that woman, okay? Never, hopefully when you get married, you, you, you know, that's not the end of the pursuit. No, you continue the pursuit, and all the wives said, amen. Listen, it is the same with God. It's exactly the same. And I, w- I was reading something that A.W. Tozer, uh, he talked about this in his book, The Pursuit of God, and, and he said this about, he was talking about modern Christianity. He said this, Everything is made to center upon the initial act of accepting Christ. 
a term, incidentally, which is not found in the Bible. He's right. And we are not expected thereafter to crave any further revelation of God to our souls. What a tragedy. How terrible that would be, right? Like, I mean, I really do feel like some people look at repentance and salvation almost like fire insurance, and that's it. You know, like God has no greater plan for your life other than just avoiding hell. Now, that's a good start. <laughs> How many of y'all would agree it's great to avoid hell? But that'd be like raising your kids, and your highest aspiration is they would grow up, and, you know, I just want them to grow up and avoid prison, you know, just... I said, I'm, I'm really, what's your vision for your children? Well, you know, James, I'm, I'm raising my children. Uh, gosh, I'm really putting a lot of thought in this, a lot of energy. I want them to avoid prison. Uh, can we not, like, bump up the bar a little bit? You know, like, can we raise it up just a little bit? It's the same here. God has so much for us in our lives, so much for us. And so what I'm saying is this. Keep seeking the one that you've already found. Keep seeking him. And in that continued pursuit, here's what happens. You get to experience the treasure in increasing measure. Watch out, I'm almost becoming a real preacher. I'm rhyming now. Watch out, okay? All right, 2 Peter 3.18. Look at this, look. But continue to grow. There it is. This is what we're talking about. You continue to grow. In what? In the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a continual growth. That's exactly how Moses uh, lived, how, how David lived, how Paul lived his life. Listen, I love these guys because... They had flaws. Would you agree? I mean, they're not perfect. Thank God they're not perfect because we can relate to them. But here's one thing they got right, is that even though they knew God, the driving force in the rest of their lives was to know him better. And that's how we should be as well. Never stop the pursuit. Okay, number two. Number two. Y'all still with me? Okay, I know it's almost lunchtime. All right, write this one down. Remember, this is going to help you if you're drifting. Remember he is worth everything. And we forget this sometimes, the worth of knowing Christ. Remember, he is worth everything. This is the value of the kingdom of heaven. In, in, in both of these parables, there's just this sense that the two characters are, are all in, totally all in when it comes to their search. In fact, they, they traded in everything they owned for the kingdom. Everything. Like, they sold the farm. Do y'all remember that saying? Raise your hand if you know what that saying means. They sold the farm. Now, that is very different than bought the farm, okay? You want to sell the farm, not buy the farm, okay, if you're going to have a choice there. But these guys, it was like their attitude was this. When I find it, I'll know it. And it's going to cost me everything I have, and it'll be totally worth it. And this they're referring to the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is showing us a picture of the value of the kingdom of heaven. Now, I want to contrast that with, uh, with a casual view of the kingdom, okay? Casual, what does that mean? Casual is ordinary. It means not worth a lot. It's kind of putting the pursuit of Jesus up there alongside the rest of all, you know, other pursuits. That's casual. And I like to use uh, an illustration. You've probably heard it before. But you remember those Pandora bracelets? How many of y'all, y'all remember those? Does anybody have a Pandora bracelet? Come on. Yes. Thank you. Okay, you can relate. Well, anyway, and those are cool. Nothing wrong with those. But when it comes to our walk with Christ, sometimes we tend to have a casual approach with it, like almost like, oh, wow, I've got the basketball thing. I've got the little, little soccer ball trinket because my kids play soccer. I've got the ballet slipper, uh, whatever. I'm going to have the cross, too, because Jesus is in there somewhere. All right. No. <laughs> How many of y'all know that's not the way it works? Jesus does not want to be like a slice of the pie of your life. He doesn't even want to be the biggest slice. 
He wants to be the filling in the middle of every part, every piece of the pie that makes up your life. Like in your workplace, he's got to be right in the middle of it. The way you choose your spouse, he's got to be in the middle of it. The way you interact with your spouse, he's got to be in it. The way you raise your children, your entertainment options, come on somebody. He's right there in it. It's Jesus. This is the value of the kingdom. This is, this is the view. And you know, we're, we're casual in our, in our dress, like our dress code around this church at New Life Church. And there's nothing wrong with that, man. You should come to Heber Springs in summertime. Okay, I'm about to invest in a couple of those signs that say no shirt, no shoes, no church service. Okay, because uh, for you. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's uh, work on that, okay, Lane? Uh, that's, uh, look, that's fine. Though. There's nothing wrong with being casual in your dress code, except we do like shirts. That, that, you got to have that. But we can never be casual in our approach to God. Does that make sense? Like the way he's too, he's too holy. And uh, so in both these stories, you'll notice something. Both these guys, they sold out. They sold all they had. And doesn't that sound risky? Yes, it sounds risky. But you know what the Bible calls that? Faith. That's the life we're walking in, guys. If you're a Christ follower, we've put all our chips in on Jesus. And if you've put half your chips in, that's not a worthy effort. That is not it. If, you put, if, you're, if you're not counting 100% on Jesus to be everything he said he is, then that's not really, a, that's, that's a casual view of the kingdom. We have to have the right view of the kingdom. Listen to what Paul said in Philippians 3.8. He said, yes, everything else is worthless. He didn't say everything was worthless. No. He said everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Garbage, you see that? Everything else. So that I could gain Christ. All right, last one, last one, and then I want to pray for you. Write this one down. Never forget that God's kingdom brings joy. Isn't it easy to forget this? Isn't it true that we think so many other things are going to make us happy? And we totally lose sight of this. Jesus said that when that man in the first parable, he, when he found the kingdom of heaven, he said he went away in joy. I'm not going to put it back up there, but you can read it. He went away in what? Enjoy. He was happy to be there. He was like excited. He was like, I found the kingdom. And isn't it true, too, that you have to, so all of you have friends in your life that they just make you happy to be around them, right? Aren't there some, you know, there's life giving friends and life sucking friends, right? But all of you have some life giving friends where, uh, where some of you, you have friends, you see them coming from across the room, you just start laughing. You don't know why? It's because they're full of the joy of the Lord. But I was thinking about this. Is there any friendship that brings more true lasting joy than my friendship with God? Absolutely not. No, no. And some of you, you've had that same experience. You know that to be true of your life as well. Like there's things that make me happy in life. Just, and I love that. I enjoy that. That's, those are blessings from God. Okay. But even when those things aren't going that great, I can tell you this. My friendship with God always brings me back up. Always. He's always there. Look at this verse, Psalm 73, 26. Last verse I'm going to read. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Man, he's saying, look, some of the things that you count on sometimes for happiness, they're going to go up and down. He says, that's the way it is in my life. This is what the psalmist is saying. But you know what? God is still there and he's still the strength of my heart forever. You know what that strength is? The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy 
And if that is not your experience, it definitely can be. It can totally be your experience. The reality is that nothing creates more joy in your life like an intimate relationship with God. But again, I'm speaking to believers right now. We forget this. And we also make our lives so complicated. Have you noticed that? I, I do this. But here's how you uncomplicate your life. Ready? Sit in the presence of Jesus. Just get in his presence. Worship him. Let him do what he wants. Even get rid of your prayer list for a second and just get in his presence. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Things become really simple again. Your life becomes very simplified and the joy of the Lord will return to you. Now, I want to close and then pray for you, but to close, I'm going to flip the script totally. Because that second parable we talked about, the one about the pearl, a lot of people, a lot of scholars translate it or, or interpret it the way we do. Where the merchant is you and you're looking for the kingdom, the pearl. However, what that, what that scripture actually says is, it says the kingdom is like a merchant. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. So you could say this, that Jesus is the merchant, you're the pearl, and when he found you, he sold everything. He gave up everything to have you. The truth is that he is in a relentless pursuit of us all the time. We just need to really, I mean, we're talking about pursuing him. We just need to stop running away from him so hard. And when we do that, when we stop, it's like he's chasing after me, right? And when I stop and I turn, that's, that's called repentance. That's what that word means. And I turn, he just runs headlong into me, like finally. And here's the big revelation when that happens. The revelation is this. Wow, Jesus, you love me so much. You love me so much. And I'm telling you, that brings joy into your life. Why don't you close your eyes, bow your heads. If you're in here, and you would say, you know what, I, I, I need Christ in my life. I know it. I, I've played some religious games. I've, maybe I even grew up in church, but pastor, I just, I've got to have Jesus in my heart. By the way, if you had him in you, you would, if you had him change your life from the inside out, which is what I like to call it, you would know about it. You'd know it. Because the Bible says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit. And it's, it's salvation. When you stop trusting in what you can do and you say, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. And I believe that you died on the cross for me and rose from the dead so that I could have a brand new life in you. And I need that right now. Some of you in here, you need that. Others, you've had that experience, but it's like you ran so far from Christ. And he's over here going, why don't you just, why don't you just come back? He never left you, but sometimes we tend to walk out on him. And if you're here and you, need to re, you just need to recommit your walk to Christ, you can do that right now. I'm not going to ask anybody to come to the front right now, but I'm going to ask you to do this one step of faith. If that's you and you want, you want to end on the prayer, I'm about to pray for you. Really, you're going to pray it. Just raise your hand right now. You'd say, I need Jesus in my life, Pastor. I don't want to walk out of here and not knowing where I'm going. And if you would, keep your hand up and look up at me till I see you. I'd love to see you I'm praying for. Yes, right there. A couple of people in the back. I see you. Great, great. I'm just going to scan the room just for a second. Yeah, I see somebody on the side as well. Yes, in front here as well. Hey, when I see you, you can put your hand down. Yes, sir, right there. Anybody else on this side? I'm just looking around. Yes, ma'am. Great decision. Anybody else in here? Just getting in on this, 
on this time. This is the most important thing that will ever happen in your life right now. Jesus wants to come in and rearrange. He wants to, he wants to get your motives right. Like he's going to change you so that you want to please him. Anybody else in here, you want that? All right, yes, sir. Right, you could put your hands down. Look, if that's you, know this, that heaven saw you. If I didn't see you, it's fine, but heaven saw you. And so pray something like this, but it's your own words. It's out of your own heart. Just be sincere and say, Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I'm, I'm, I'm loving you right now because you first loved me. And so Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. I want you as my Lord and Savior. And I believe everything you did for me, it makes me right with my Father God in heaven. Thank you so much, Jesus. And I want to pursue you the rest of my life. Hey, no one else looking around? Let me pray for another group. Because you might be in here and you're like, gosh, you know, you've already had that experience. You're a Christian. You love God. But you sense other pursuits being more important. Or maybe you didn't even realize this was, this was a continual thing, you know. Maybe, maybe you were raised in a different culture or whatever. But maybe some other things are sneaking in on the joy of the Lord that should be found only on the Lord and you're starting to count on some other things you're saying enough's enough I'm ready Holy Spirit help me help me I, I want to get out of this trend in my life raise your hand all around this room we had so many raise their hands in the first service yeah a lot of people around here okay that's just you're just telling the Holy Spirit I need some help here come on help me out okay you can put your hands down all right thank you you can put your hands down Father I pray for all of those who just identify themselves right now they need your help and Holy Spirit, you are our helper. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill them to overflowing with an awe and respect, overwhelming sense of joy and knowing how valuable your kingdom is. I pray that every other pursuit and every other issue, every other thing in their life would fall and just fade in comparison to your greatness and your goodness, oh God. And we just thank you for the, just that overwhelming flood coming to them right now. It's gonna strengthen them and their commitment to following you and only you. And I pray that their joy would come from you right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, can we give God a hand for what he just did?